When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My name is Bill Matz, and I am here for you on this uh, on this Wednesday afternoon, and I am joined by Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor. How you doing today, Chuck? Not great, Bob. <laughs> or Bill. <laughs> it's it's a feeling we are all too familiar with in this town. And I always say, like, these teams, like, no other team can hurt me the way my teams hurt me. Like, I can never be as mad at the Arizona Diamondbacks or something as I am at my my team. It's it's this constant, like, you never get over. You never, as calloused as we have become as Philadelphia sports fans and Jesus, just in the last calendar year, the losses we have suffered, it, it feels like we are just... Like we, we joke around about the Elaine Vigneault, the deposits and withdraws like these teams are every now and then they make a little deposit, whether it's, you know, the the odd championship we win every now and then, you know, 2008 and 2017, uh, the withdrawals never end. It's a never ending withdrawal, but we never stop like we never close the account. <laughs> There's never any like, no, not today. No, they get us every single time, and there will be plenty of time for, you know, the Phillies show and other people to talk about what went wrong and all of that, but just, I wanted to start with today's, like, the nature of our fandom, Charlie. Okay. It, it, Going meta here. It's, I gotcha. It's a... I wanted to like on my drive home, I ended up going to the game last night and I'm like writing this like Scott Van Pelt level monologue in my head as I wanted to nail it today. Like I wanted this to get uh, like clipped and it goes viral (laughs) and it's this, I was like, I, there's no words to actually put into what it feels like when one of your teams lets you down like this. It's, there's no, I'm going to nail this and hit this. It's, 
maybe writing it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read your article yet that you published, I believe, like right before the yeah, show. Yeah, about like half an hour ago. Yeah, like, <laughs> I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I will, of course, read it because you are better. Uh, you're great at coming up with words for these sorts of things. But I am just I feel empty today. And it was it felt very much like um, I, I, like a movie or so like, OK, what do we do now? It was like. Well, there's a fucking Flyers game on. (laughs) And then what did they do, What am I going to (laughs) do? What am I going to do? I'm going to go invest myself in some other team now. And they immediately... And listen, there's no comparison of a random Tuesday in October and 11 o'clock start time Flyers game versus game seven of the NLCS. But goddamn, if I'm not going to be all in on the Eagles on Sunday... Like if that's not going to affect my mood and I'm not like, I'm not, I'm going to be there. And that's just, that's just who we are. And it's what's beautiful about this fucking town, man. We, this is a sports town. It's, it's all we have. And I'm proud to be from here, even though my teams constantly let me down. It was really funny. When the Flyers blew that game in the third period, it was, it was pretty just, fucking funny. You just kind of had to laugh maniacally because it was just too perfect. It's you, you go through that whole game, and we'll talk about the game in more detail. Yeah. But it was abundantly clear that Vegas was the better team. The Flyers were working their asses off. They were trying real hard. They got a, a fluky goal that they scored to take the lead on, and you're thinking, you know what? This isn't going to come anywhere close to making up for the Phillies blowing a 3-2 lead, the Phillies scoring three runs in two home games when before game six they were undefeated at Citizens Bank Park in the playoffs. It's not even going to come close to making up for it. But, you know, maybe, just maybe, Philadelphians who who bit the bullet and decided, you know what, I'm going to stay up until 2 a.m. and watch this hockey team that has no chance of winning the Stanley Cup this year, but I'm going to watch them because, you know, I'm going to support the teams. And you would you would have liked just this once for for you know the sports gods to just give a little pat on the back and say you know we're gonna let you watch your just hockey team pull the upset like allow allow for a small deposit after a massive withdrawal yeah, yeah. allow for a small deposit and then no. it's just like no no if sorry. anyone ever asks why we are the way we are yesterday. Yesterday is the reason we are the way we are, but it is a reminder like how fleeting these great times are. And it really gave me perspective of both uh, like opinions on the rebuild and like what the Flyers are doing right now, whether it's I just like, listen, they're playing good hockey. I want to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy every win. I'm going to enjoy when the guys I want to look good, look good. And also... Now, I want to build to have that feeling all the time with this hockey team. And if that takes a little bit, I'm cool with it. I'd rather they go 0-82 and we get the first overall pick. And we can have our Bryce Harper. We can have our Jalen Hurts. We can have that guy here who can give us those, at least opportunities yeah, of those opportunities. moments. Yeah. Opportunities to feel exactly. like we felt exactly. and, and leading is, up to last night. This is a point that I've made on Broad Street Hockey Radio before. And I'll make it again because I still hold to it. I do get consistently annoyed, and you, you mentioned about the rebuild, and I actually thought you were going to be taking this in a different direction because I thought you were going to take it, be taking it in the direction of you have some people who are very much like, yeah, I want to give this a chance. They said they're rebuilding. They 
you know, they're, they're embracing the idea that this is going to take a while. They're saying the right things. And then you have a group of people that are just going out of their way to try to be angry at every little thing and pick holes and say, this is why it's not going to work. They're just going to screw it up. Everything's bad. Everything's always going to be bad. And, and I always get frustrated with that mentality. I, I get it. It's easy to have I that get mentality. It. I do. I understand why fans do that, especially given what happened yesterday, where you have a Philly scene that looked really like it was, I won't use the word destiny, but it did look like it was it was coming. It looked like a World Series, at least appearance, but in all honesty, a World Series title was going to happen. So I get the pessimism, I do. But the point I will always make is that it is cowardly to be pessimistic. It's very simple. Because it's the easy way out. The easy way to be a fan is to be pessimistic and to constantly be saying all the reasons why this isn't going to work, all the reasons why they're going to lose, all the reasons why the team is going to choke, the team is going to fall apart. Because if that happens, and in Philly it does seem to happen more often than it does in other cities, but if that happens, you can at least comfort yourself with the the self-righteous feeling of, see, I called it. I saw it coming. I was the smart one. And if it doesn't happen, and if everything does go right and they win a championship, then no one's going to care because everyone's just going to be so damn happy that they won a championship yeah. that no one's going to care that you no, were the one the, saying that they were going to lose all along. It's the fan in Major League Two when at the very end he rips yeah. his shit and he's, he's no, he's, he's, he's been on board. I told you. All I told along. you in spring training yeah. they were going to do it. And, and then the other two, two yeah. guys next to him, like, oh, they, whatever. They, they, they look at him like for one second, it's like, really? They're like, yeah, you know what? Who cares? Yeah. Let's all just cheer and on our team. So like, to me, it's like, yes, as painful as nights like last night are, I still will never support the reflexive pessimism of this is why it's going to end badly. The first loss, the first time something goes wrong. See, it's all going to work. They're all idiots. They're going to choke. Like, yes, that does happen more often than not, which is why it's the safe play. There's it's 30 or 32 teams one wins. That means 31 yeah. don't. It's the safe emotional play to believe the worst. It is the brave play to hope for the best, knowing that more often than not, you're going to get your heart broken because you know what? If you don't believe, then what's the fun of this? Yeah, exactly. Like thinking that they were going to come back in the ninth in some sort of storybook thing. That's what's fun. Yeah. Those possibilities. Yeah. And hopefully we have some of those possibilities on the horizon with the uh, with the Flyers soon. Is this an all-time crushing defeat for you, though? It's up there. You know, and I mean, as I've been abundantly clear on the show, before I was a Flyers writer, I was a Flyers fan. The Flyers were my number one team. I'm a hockey fan before any other sport, even football, which is probably my number two. Football and baseball are close. I think football is number two. Baseball is number three. Basketball is a very distant fourth. But, uh, but... I don't think there will be a more demoralizing defeat for me than game six of the cup final against the Blackhawks. Like, I just don't think anything is going to be worse than that because it just, that team, it just didn't feel like they could lose after the Bruins thing. Yeah. And then after they, they win in overtime in game three, Drew scores the game winning goal in OT. They win in game four. Yeah, they lose in game five, but whatever. They're going back home. They're going back home. They're going to win game six because there's no way this playoff run yeah, is going to end like with them losing. game seven. And there's just no Jeff way. Jeff Carter misses the net. There's just, there's just no way. And 
that loss, the way they like that was the only way they could have lost. The only way they could have lost was Michael was Layton. because of a goalie not like it wasn't going to be because the team collectively fell apart because they were always going to find a way. It was going to be because a shot that 999 times out of a thousand is going to be stopped gets let in that never should have gone through. And it's just I'll, I'll never get over that game. I, I never will. Like this was bad. Don't get me wrong. This was bad. But that was worse. For me, like, there will never be anything worse than the Tampa Bay NFC Championship loss. To me, that's... That's fair. That crushed the city. Like, the Phillies didn't even completely make up for it in 08. It took till 2017 for fandom to change. Yeah. Like, when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it finally kind of changed just a little bit. I, I, I think that's we the reason why. We never really got over yeah. it. That's the reason why I wouldn't have that number one for me is because the Eagles have won. Yeah. If the Eagles hadn't, still hadn't won a Super Bowl, that might be right there with the Flyers one. But, but for Flyers losses, I have two. Like, the Stanley Cup one, that, that really hurt, but... There are two that ended errors for me. Mm-hmm. 2000 Eastern Conference Final. I mean, legitimately ended yeah, the, the, the Lindros. Lindros era. Yeah, the head. And they blow a 3-1 lead in the series on the fucking Devils who had been, you know, who had tortured them the entire five, six years leading up to that. Yeah. And then, honestly, 2011 hurts me more than 2010 because it was really? the end. Like, that was a team... That was in the president's trophy race up until like the last couple weeks of the season. And then it was like, everyone's hurt. Everyone hates each other. They squeak by in seven against Buffalo. And then you come up against the Bruins. who You had that awesome comeback against last year. And it was like, nah, we're done. Got swept. Mike Richards doesn't even speak with the media after game four. They just didn't show up. Like no one cared. Yeah. And it was like, and Mike Richards is like one of my favorite flyers of all time. And even I was like, I don't know if you can bring him back. And if I could like have a time machine, <laughs> I would bring that team back for one more year. Right. And if it don't work, you can do everything you did anyway. Yeah. Uh, but except sign Briz and good. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> like, you have Bob. <laughs> good. You still have Bob Rovsky. Like, but that one was just that team felt like a core that was going to win one. Yeah. And then the core went bye bye. It was. There's no more core. We traded it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another one that with that that to me for kind of similar reasons that uh, the game five loss against the Cardinals just because that was it they, and like and like that at, should have been a dynasty. Well, it was just one of those things where it's one of those where in retrospect it hurts more. At in the moment it hurt. It was it was oh, bad. Yeah. But knowing now that that was it the championship window slammed shut on ryan howard's achilles that was the last time you saw ryan howard at his best it was the last time you saw roy halliday at his best i mean those were two of the big pieces of literally the one guy's name nickname was the big piece and they just were never the same afterwards it was over and it's just one of those that's one of those games that will always remind me that like you don't know how long it's going to last. It disappears, it, man. Because I thought for sure that that team had at least another two or three years. There was I no thought, reason not to. Geez, Chase Utley's on a Hall of Fame trajectory, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's got degenerative knees. Um, yeah. He's never going to be that guy again. It just reminds you to, like, when the times are good. Enjoy them. Enjoy them because you have no idea how long they're going to last. You know what does last forever, though? What's that? I don't. I can't say forever because they didn't tell us. Like it's a lifetime guarantee. <laughs> uh, but you know what lasts a really, really long time? It's Shady Rays. Uh, gear up for the season ahead with quality shades built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays 
have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap, quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. I've told you before, I'll say it again. I've spent a ton of money on sunglasses in my life, and honestly, I feel like an idiot after we got some of these Shady Rays. I'm a big, big fan, and I think you will be too. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back with personal and fast support. And exclusively for our listeners, you're going to want to listen up here because this is a hell of a deal. Exclusively for PHLY listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHLY for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try out my Shady Rays. I, I, I'm a sunglass person. And, and Charlie's always coming in here. He's got his glasses, his leather jacket. Yeah, that's right. I, I am, and I, I haven't gotten New a chance to, to try them out yet. But the fact that, like, looking at them on the website and looking at the people that have them, you know, they look really nice, and also, like, they're way cheaper than the ones that I've spent money on before. So I, I honestly can't wait to and check them honestly, out. I'm excited. I, uh, I have – I love aviators. Those are my go-to style typically. The thing about them, though, with the long hair that I have, if you put them up on your forehead – Typically, the like the nose piece on aviators will get caught, uh, yeah. and it's a whole thing. It's stuck in your hair. They have tangle-free ones. They oh, have yeah. aviators without the little nose things. Okay. So if you have long hair like me, maybe you want to try those but, out. So tangle-free aviators. So I'm I'm excited to wear them. You know what I'm not particularly excited about though? It's talking about the Flyers blowing that game. Yeah, last here night. we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's Vegas time. Hey, Vegas, yo. baby. Uh, so the Flyers lose 3-2 against the uh, still undefeated, now 7-0, Las Vegas Golden They're real good. Knights. They're real They're good. Awesome. <laughs> They're awesome. Uh, They're like, I mean, they win the cup, and I just heard this on my way in today. Um, they're the first Stanley Cup champion ever on the opening night the following season. Everyone in their lineup had their names engraved on the cup. They brought back and like they lose Riley Smith, but they had an extra guy. So mm. like, okay, his name's on there. Yeah. Like it's basically the exact same team minus Riley Smith. Wow. Like that's, that's pretty dope. And we see it like they're good. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite and by favorite, I mean, like I laugh as I like, you know, I'm annoyed. Um, the fact that like that goal by Paul Cotter, somebody tweeted out that that's oh. the best goal I've ever seen by a creative player in NHL. <laughs> like, Cause like, I, 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 consider, what is a Paul I consider myself to be a, a knowledgeable hockey fan. Like I know that name in passing. It, it was not one that, you know, is somebody who I'm like, man, you know, they have a top prospect. His name is Paul Cotter. Like, and he just, he destroyed. And I thought Igor Zamula had a great game. And then just one play, it just it just all fell apart for him. That's like I, 
I guess it was, I, I wanted to refer to it as an up and down night by Zamola, but really he made some plays. He really did. Yeah. It, it, was, it, was, like it was a mostly got, up game. He got absolutely destroyed. Sure did. On that, uh, on that. Paul Cotter. I guess that's a name we're going to have to know. I guess we're going to have to remember Paul Cotter's Paul name. Cotter. Remember the name. No, and I think this is something that we talked about heading into the season. And the first few games of the year probably allowed us to ignore it a bit because they were playing so well because they were winning. But we talked about how this team is going to lose some games because they have or they plan to dress such a young defense core. And I think this was a game where, you know, if, if maybe they're going to lose four or five over the course of the year, this is just one of those five. Because you have Igor Zamola gets completely taken to the cleaners by Paul Cotter. And then you have, you know, with time running down, Cam York, who I also thought had a really good game otherwise, turns the puck over leading up to the final minute. They have the puck in the in the zone, and it turns into the game-winning goal where Carter Hart screened by, like, five or six guys. Like, everyone was in front of the net. I don't blame him at all. But again, like... Cam York, he's maybe he's an NHL veteran in the sense that he's not a rookie, but he's still learning. Yeah. Igor Zamul is very much still learning. And the thing is, is that these guys may play strong games, but they're going to be prone to these kind of glaring mistakes, especially when you're playing against teams as good as Vegas, because they're just going to eat you alive on those mistakes. That's it was it was one of those games where it was almost I want like we didn't get any points out of Brinker Forster. But, like, guys look good. We yeah. liked what we saw for the most. But it was almost one of those, if you're in on the losses or wins, like, all right, they played even. Shots were, like, 28, 29. Uh, they played even with an awesome team. Losing regulation. No loser point. I'm kind of happy. It is a good like, game for the rebuild. It's I will a good agree. game for the rebuild. For, for people who, who did not stay up to watch the game, <laughs> it kind of was the perfect outcome in that they played well, they played hard, they, they're building this culture, but then they lose, and that, in theory, if you know this thing goes off the rails a little bit, that'll help them in terms of draft position. I think, though, the thing about this game was that this would have been, and again, like we can debate ad nauseum about whether it's the right thing for them to be winning games this year. But this was a game where if you wanted to start believing that, you know, maybe this team could be a playoff team, they could sneak in if a couple teams get injured, whatever, they go to Vegas and knock off the defending champions undefeated. who were undefeated in their home arena. That would have been a, hey, maybe, we, you know, Phillies are done, but. You know, and, and I, I hate the Sixers, so maybe I'll just pay attention to this Flyers team a little bit closer. And instead, you wake up to, oh, yeah, they lost 3-2. That makes sense. I'll go back to kind of pretending the Flyers don't exist. And that's kind of a bummer because it was an opportunity, even though the vast majority of the Delaware Valley was not watching the Flyers game. It was an opportunity to say, hey, you know, maybe you should take us a little bit more seriously. And again, and instead, they had a game where they played pretty well. I, I don't think they should be embarrassed, unlike the Phillies, who absolutely should. I don't think the Flyers should be embarrassed with how they played last night. No, it's no. just they got beat by a team that is significantly better like than considerably they are. better. It's not even it's not these are <laughs> these are incomparable teams. Yeah. Like when Vegas did want to take over, they did. like when they score that game winning goal, it was like, oh, this is common. Like <laughs> it, it, it was yeah. it was like, I don't I would love to see them hold on to overtime because I want to watch three-on-three hockey. It's fun. 
But you like shootouts too. Yeah, I do. You're love one of the shootouts. rare, yeah. rare people who still does. I, I just I enjoy. I like seeing what guys come up with. You know, whether it's like the the Kuznetsov, uh, I'm gonna go in at half a mile an hour right. and wait out the goalie. Like I'm entertained by that, but I realize I am very much in the minority. Well, there. especially among Philadelphia but, fans, like, I feel like if if we if we covered or rooted for a team that was good at shootouts, people would have a much different opinion of the shootout. <laughs> that's a, it's a very fair point. I think I, I looked this up once. They've had a winning record in the shootout, like. Twice, it's so crazy. Twice, they're in so the, far and away the worst team in shootouts. It's wild. It's, it's not even like oh, it, like yeah, sometimes we get like this internalized because think you know we're in the bubble yeah. of our own team, and it's like no, this happens everywhere. No, the record is so bad, <laughs> it's, so bad. it's a fucking embarrassment. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, but regardless, back to last night's game. It's there's thirty seconds, like thirty two seconds or whatever, when they tie it, and it was. Yeah, they're going to be lucky to get through the final minute of this game and yep. get to overtime, and they weren't. Yep. Like that, and that goal, like, how does that puck even get through with the amount of chaos in front of corner court? Theodore is a great player. Yeah, because like, Theodore's awesome. That, that's what yeah. it boils down to because they have a really, really good defenseman. Like, obviously, Petrangelo didn't play last night, but I mean, Jay Theodore is. They're one of those teams that has two number ones. Like Theodore is a number one quality defenseman in terms of his impact on the game, in terms of the plays he can make. And you saw it. Like the Flyers have. One guy who through five games kind of has looked like a number one. And I thought Sanheim was mostly fine last night. I thought, you know, he didn't, he had one of those weird plays where he got an assist on a goal, but didn't get a plus because he made the stretch pass and immediately ran off the ice. I was talking to someone on Twitter about it who was confused as to how both him and Ewer could have assists and be minuses when yeah. there was only like one goal scored by Vegas in the game to that point. And it's just one of those weird things. Like I thought Sanheim was fine. I did think the one guy who I thought really stood out and he almost clinched them the game um, or not clinched. I think he, did he tie it or it was, it was right after Vegas tied it and he almost gave the Flyers back the lead. He scored early in the game. I thought Noah Cates was incredible. I thought he was That's, he was one of the best players on the ice, even including all the really good players for Vegas. Cates, but he had a great game. Cates really stood out. Uh, that's now three points in the last two games for people who were like, ah, I want to see Cates get that offense going a yeah. little bit. He definitely was all over the place last night. That uh, goal was exactly what you want to see out of him. It's a hustle play. It's a follow-up. It's going to the dirty area yeah. and getting rewarded for it. And that's what you want to see out of you know, a guy who probably is going to be, you know, the three C when this team is good. If he's going to have that sort of role here, that's exactly what you want to see out of him. And I was, he was one of the dudes who really stood out last night. Sean Walker really stood out to me. He's been good pretty much every yeah, game. Yeah, no, and it's <laughs> uh, did not have a shorthanded goal. Was not uh, able to extend the streak to three. How st- dare he? Three consecutive games. Did have three shots on goal, and. Only Sanheim played more, 24 and a half minutes for Sean Walker. It really looks like the coach is starting to lean on him, too. Uh, he's, when you talk about guys who are of that top pair quality, maybe Sean Walker isn't there. Uh, but for this team, he's basically a first pair defenseman. I mean, that might be ultimately how it plays out. One thing you did see, and I think this played into, because I was personally, and this is actually something I was a little bit annoyed with um, from Tortorella, just because I, you know, I understand, like I get it that in the game you're trying to win. And this is where Torts is, you know, his, his, I'm a coach who's competitive and want to win. I really personally wanted to see 
how Zamula would respond to that mistake. He didn't see the ice for another shift after the mistake. They bumped Sealer up into the top four, and then suddenly your top four was Sanheim, York, Sealer, and Walker. Like, do I understand why an NHL coach would do that? And yes, but I also I, I wanted to. I thought Zamula had a good game. Aside from that, I wanted to see how he is, would respond. This is like this is where we are. I think allowed to get frustrated with the coach yeah. and with what his mentality is going to be. Like, yeah, I want them playing their asses off game to game. I want the accountability. I want them structured. Like all of that part of it is good, but the, I don't even want to call it disciplinarian, but just that hard ass side of Tortorella I, where it's like, I, yeah. you fucked up. You ain't getting back out I, there. I don't even think it was And it's not even like a mistake. Yeah. Like a mistake is a bad turnover. Like he some, just got beat. Like sometimes we do have to give credit to the other team. Yeah. I know we always look at it through the us lens. Like you said, like the Phillies should be embarrassed, and maybe they should be. Also, Arizona's really good too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the other team they're play, wins. They're playing really good in this. Yeah, playoffs. like they swept the Dodgers. You know, Damn. like sometimes the other team wins. Sometimes the other guy makes a play. Paul Cotter made an <laughs> awesome play. Like, tell me who would have stopped him? Like he just made an awesome play. Yeah, sometimes I, that happens. It's true. It's true. It, it's just, and I don't think this was a discipline thing. I don't think Not this. Discipline. I don't think this was a like yeah. you know, you sit on the bench. I'm pissed at you. I it's just, just think, like I gotta use my other guys who yeah. are better right now. Yeah, I just think that Torts looked at it as I don't trust you for the rest of yes. this game. And while I understand the thinking, I get it. I would have liked to have seen. To me, it would it would it was more important because you lost the game anyway. But to me, it was more important to see how Zamula would respond in the moment and what you would learn about him as a player and what he might learn as a player than it was to hold on to a two two tie through the end of regulation. Like that was a little annoying to me, and it's something that I'll probably ask Tortorella about tomorrow because I think it's worth discussing. You know because. Like compare this to and granted, different different players, Sandheim's a veteran. But it's not like after Sandheim made that terrible play in Ottawa, it's not like Tortorella moved him to the third pair. He threw him out there and actually then praised him a few nights later for like not falling apart as a result of that bad turnover that led to the uh, that led to the Kachuk goal at the end of the second period. I would have liked to have seen him give Zamul that same opportunity because it's not like Zamul was bad the whole game. He had one bad shift. He had one bad defensive play. I would have liked to have seen Zamula try to respond and return, you know, come back with a really strong second shift. It's just something to keep an eye on because I hope that doesn't become a trend for Torts over the course of what is supposed to be a rebuilding season. On the other side, though, I understand probably what Tortorella was thinking, truthfully, was that these guys have worked so damn hard tonight. I want to give them a chance to leave with a win, and I just don't trust this kid not to screw up again if I throw him back out there. I get it. I, I just, I, I get it. I, I, just, I don't have to like it. I don't yeah, have to like no, it, but I get I understand it. the thinking, and I don't always have to agree if I can understand the thinking. I just am like... You told us the point of the season, yeah. though. Yeah. And that's like... The beauty of acknowledging the rebuild is you can do like, oh, you, he made a mistake and you put him back out there because this is about yeah. development. Yeah. That's why. Like you have an excuse why you did, but I thought you were going to go another way with it. Interesting. I thought you were going to talk about Andre's ice time. Oh, yeah, he, he plays, get a lot. He plays 12 minutes, 11.59, uh, least on the blue line by like four and a half or five minutes. Very clearly in that six role, very clearly, although the coach – 
very much is an advocate for him, <laughs> does not appear to really trust him with a heavy workload at the NHL. It's about just getting him out there, getting him some experience. Or at least not against Vegas. Yeah, and especially <laughs> against Vegas. But we said the, the same thing like against um, who they play last, Edmonton. Yeah, the Stars. Yeah, yeah the Stars. That was it. Like yeah. He's just going to be the guy who plays the fewest minutes, and that's fine. It's just like, all right. But that tells me when Risto's healthy, he's uh, he's going to be the yeah. odd man out. Well, but, about that. <laughs> but, and I guess we maybe could have started with this. I kind of totally blanked on it with all the Philly shit going on <laughs> and the game being at you know midnight last night. But Risto, as you uh, said, was a possibility on the show, you know, whenever. Uh, <laughs> Days aren't real. It had a setback. Yeah. And we were told last week, like, oh, he's going to be back. And Tuesday came, no. Thursday, no. Saturday, no. And then suddenly we're into this week. And, yeah, it's going to be a little while. Yeah. Do we have any idea? There's uh, The tweet I saw uh, said no timeline. Yeah, I mean, what I will say, I, I do not know the specific nature of Risto's injury. What I will say is that they skated him real hard last week. So it's kind of hard for me to think that it's a like a lower body type, you know, like he pulled a muscle. Because I don't think they would have been skating him quite as hard as they did. Like he was skating for a good half an hour to 40 minutes after everyone left the ice, I believe on Wednesday, because it was a non-game day. And... They were not holding him back at all. It was very clearly like, we need to keep you in condition. So I, I I don't know what it is. I could see it being some type of upper body thing. But yeah, you know, I'm obviously not on this trip. I, I didn't go on, on this Dallas-Vegas one. But the Beats who were did talk to John Tortorella yesterday before the game. And Tortorella openly said, yeah, it might be a while. He had a setback. We're trying to figure it out. I, I think in this situation, it just... And again, we this is something that's going to be a recurring theme. It was, it's been a recurring theme since the start of the show, is that trying not to you know punish the current regime for the failings of the previous regime, but this definitely is starting to feel a little Cam Atkinson-y. Oh, it was uh, our boy, our boy, our boy on Twitter, Mikey D, has the uh, a great Photoshop. It's the end of Happy Gilmore when he's waving at like Lincoln and the Gator and Chubbs. And he's taken out the Gator and Chubbs, and it's Lincoln with uh, Ristolainen oh, no. and uh, and Ryan Ellis, and oh, it's no. it's very very funny that, to me. I mean, it is funny. It's it it would stink, but it is funny. <laughs> it's, it, it, I, there's nothing you can do. Uh, like, hopefully R Risto's okay. Like, I want to see him get Somebody's back. Somebody's just got to laugh at these things. But like, yeah, there's nothing. Like, <laughs> listen, he's getting paid either way, so I think we're allowed to laugh a little bit. Yeah. Guy's a millionaire. It's fine. Uh, but it is just like. And it's the Flyers again. Yep. Yep. It's and, a and pretty safe bet to say he's not going to be back anytime soon. Yeah, I, I think they're they were already playing it safe with him. Now he's had a setback. Now we're going to see what they can figure out. What's interesting to me about the Risto stuff, it's less about his absence because look, he's going to be out for as long as he's out. We're going to dig in and try to figure out what the actual problem is. Hopefully, the Flyers will be willing to be a little bit more transparent on an injury like this than they have this been in the past. This is a good test for their it little is. transparent. We're going to be more transparent. Honestly, I don't care. Like, there's nothing knowing can do. Like, if I know he's going to heal faster, like, no, he'll be back when he's back. Like, I'm sure they're not trying to keep him out long. Like, yeah. they're not trying. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people do seem to believe 
teams should be more open about this stuff, and they've told us they're going to be more transparent. Here is a good test for that. Yeah, yeah. But regardless of how long Risto's out for, the interesting thing to me, and you mentioned about Andre, I'm very interested to see if, because this gives them the opportunity to keep Andre in. This gives yeah. them the opportunity to play, to do what everyone wanted going into the season, which is play Emil Andre every day, play Igor Zimol every day. Well, they can now. They can. Now the question is whether they actually think he's capable of playing every night because it's an interesting, because they could still yeah. send him down and call up somebody like a veteran, like Victor Mete. Maybe they give one of the other prospects like a oh, Ronnie shoot. Adder or Adam, Adam Jennings. Maybe they give one of them a shot, but now it's not a, it's not a rotation anymore. If they want, they can play Emil Andre every game and he, they keep using him as a six, keep giving him 12, 13 minutes a night, but they can keep playing him every game for, what seems to be going to be a little bit because Mark Stahl's out for a month. Risto is, he's had a setback and he's going to be out for at least a little bit longer. So you can keep Andre in the lineup if you want, but now the question becomes, will he actually benefit from being in the NHL or does he need to be in the AHL? Is that best for his development? It's going to be an interesting thing to watch because they're now they can't just say, well, we'll rotate him. It'll be fine. Now they really have to make a decision on whether this guy's ready. Charlie, I was going to do the DraftKings read as soon as you finished your little monologue there. Uh, but you met, if, if they want to send Andre down, I believe that is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, He's I clearly agree. not an everyday big minute NHL defenseman at this point in his development. And if they do that, go ahead, bring up Jenning. Uh, who's the uh, Adder. Adderd? Yes. Ronnie Adderd. If they bring up Victor Mete, <laughs> I'm logging off. I will not visit the internet for oh, as yeah. long as he is up here. Cause oh, I will God. not be able to deal. Yeah. Twitter will uh, go insane. It's going to lose its mind. <laughs> and honestly, rightfully so. If this is a rebuild, Victor met, unless we lose every defenseman, which like uh, they went through nine goalies a couple years ago, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Uh, he has to be like 12th on the depth chart. <laughs> if he is anything ahead of like ninth, I, I, I'm, it is going to be a rightful explosion of the internet. Anyway, the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. And listen, tomorrow is a game day. Maybe you think uh, Buffalo gets back on track, covers eight and a half at home against Tampa. Maybe you think... You know, look ahead to Sunday. Maybe you think the commies can keep it closer than a touchdown hosting Philly on Sunday. I love that. Remember, they took the birds to OT in their last meeting. Uh, but whatever action you're looking for, game spreads, player props, me personally, I'm a teaser guy. DraftKings has the offerings you're looking for. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code PHLY, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. <coughs> Had a real tickle there. Fair. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 
Uh, on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Not one of my stronger ones. I mean, you had to cough. I, I respect it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're just you're just not all there. I get so it. I you powered through and I respect I it. Um I guess we got to talk about Carter Hart again. While three goals on 29 shots for an 897 save percentage isn't awesome, like no. by the numbers, damn, he played well last night. He yeah. made some big, big oh, saves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had that, that double that save double on That double save Eichel. is the one. I mean, that yeah. right there, yeah. that's the one. That's, yeah. that's the highlight of the game right there. Yeah, he was great. And I, I think this goes back to what we were saying earlier, too, is that like the Flyers could control play for 10 minutes and have the puck and be buzzing and be outworking, outworking the Golden Knights. And then Vegas would control play for two minutes and would create just as many yeah. quality chances as the Flyers did in their 10. And that's just what, that's what happens when one team is significantly more talented than the other. And this game easily could have been over long before 31.5 seconds were left in regulation had Carter Hart not made like five or six really, really huge saves. He's off to a really good start. And as you said, the numbers tonight maybe didn't, or last night, maybe didn't show it. This but, morning. But you just had to watch the game. And yeah. you could tell how well he played. No, he was he was awesome. Uh, another thing that was awesome, the uh, the penalty kill... I guess it was like two and then like one abbreviated one. They only gave up one shot. Yeah. That is uh, Vegas is not the best power play team. True. They weren't even they weren't that great last year when True. they won the cup. True. But again, the talent disparity. Yeah. You often say like they have Jack Eichel. We don't. Yeah. So their power play is probably going to be all right. Yeah, Flyers I mean, look great again on the kill. Yeah, I mean, Jack Eichel turned Rasmus line into a 40-point defenseman just by <laughs> scoring on all of his passes from the point on the power play in Buffalo. Yeah, the penalty kill looks real good. Really, I, I think that that Ottawa game is just looking more and more like an anomaly yeah. at this point. Just a bad game. And, you know, look, the power play probably isn't going to get a ton better. The penalty kill, on the other hand... They were doing a lot of things right last year. They scored a lot of shorthanded goals. They just gave up a fair amount of power play goals. This year, they get back Sean Couturier. They get back Cam Atkinson. They apparently have a much improved Travis Sanheim. Like, this penalty kill from a personnel standpoint, it should be better. Like, this this makes sense to me. They have a good penalty kill coach. They are they're playing the right penalty kill style and they have better penalty kill players like, yeah, do I think this penalty kill is going to stay this good? Probably not. They're going to go through down stretches because everybody does. But I don't think it's unreasonable to think this penalty kill could finish in the top half of the league league this year. I think that's very possible. So uh, I guess now we have to get to the big underlying topic. Morgan Frost, uh, I t we have some mailbag questions and there's one from Ethan Freeman where he said, just curious if we, if we finally see Frost back in the lineup against Minnesota. In my opinion, fourth line had their least noticeable game so far last night. So curious if we see someone get a night off, Lawton move down, and Frost jump into a 2C or 3C spot. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the fourth line. I bet it isn't. I mean, he's definitely not going to play on be, the fourth line. Now, no, just but they, they could shuffle down things, and then yeah. Frost jumps into a two C or three C spot with Lawton taking over all, uh, some role on the fourth line. I'd be surprised by that part. But we see last night 
Uh, neither Brink nor Forrester record a point. Uh, not necessarily a reflection of the game they the games either played, but where do you see this going? Is it going to definitely be one of them that comes out? Is Frost just like waiting for an injury? Like, how do you see this going? I I think I think you have to get him in, and and I think it probably is one of Brinker Forrester. And I don't think that's the worst thing, you know. Yeah, in theory, they have I guess four games next week. In theory, I guess you could you could bench Deloria, or you could bench Hathaway, or you could bench Paling. You Not move, against Minnesota. You, you you could move. Yeah, that's fair. I guess Minnesota, you need Deloria in that because they just might decide to beat up everybody. Um, I just think that the easiest way is to say, hey, give one of these kids a break. They've played a lot yeah. of games. They they've been in every game for the past week. I don't think it's the worst thing for one of the two to sit. Probably Forrester deserves to sit more, even though I think the last two games he's been better. I didn't think this game was as good as he looked on Saturday against Dallas, but I thought he was definitely better than in some of the other games he's uh, he had played to start the year. But I would I would not have a problem with it at all if, if Frost comes in for one of those guys on Saturday. He was he, as in John Tortorella, was asked by the traveling media about the Frost situation, and Torres basically said, "Look, like I know I got to get him back in. I want to get him back in. I just haven't been able to find a way to do it, given how good the lines have been doing and whatnot. But in in the end, like you're the head coach, you can find a way if you really want yeah. to. It's very easy it's very to just easy. make a decision. Yeah. So to me, you got to get him back in. I would like to see him in in the lineup on Thursday once they go back home. It's just getting to the point where this is too long." That's the, like, I don't think it's, listen, if he is going to be in a rotation, he being Morgan Frost, I don't love it, but like, whatever, if he's being outplayed by other guys, then that's just the way it's going to be. Okay. But it does have to be a rotation. Like you can't just let this dude rot for a week. That's agreed. It it does no good for us. It does no good for him. It's, it's a situation that has to be resolved one way or another. We're talking about, getting some game time for Morgan Frost. And I want you to get some game time, specifically the game time app. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for the last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, maybe you have more on uh, the Morgan Frost stuff, but I just want to get this in while I'm yeah. thinking about it. We're talking about tickets. Charlie and I, specifically I, I am in charge. I've been forwarded these tickets. So uh, we have four pairs of tickets to give away for Saturday's game. Saturday's game is at 1 o'clock, and remember, 
Saturday is our tailgate. We got Charlie. our tailgate coming. The yep. tailgate starts at 10. 10 a.m. It starts. It'll be pretty much up until puck drop. Obviously, Bill and I will be there. I'll be up in the press box. I think Bill will be at least attending part of the game. Before. I'm probably going to leave after the second yeah. to come back here and do come, post game. Come back it's not here that for post game. Yeah. But again, free tailgate. Anybody can come. We do have, and uh, I believe it's an Eventbrite link, just to give us an idea of how many people will be attending. Um, so really, would be great if you guys uh, signed up for that. If you're you're planning on stopping by. Don't have to say the whole time, but we're going to make it worth your while. We're going to have free drinks. We're going to have um, a bunch of giveaways. We're going to have our friend Dylan cooking. Oh. And, and this is this is actually great. I'm shocked. Like, I'm mad that I didn't come up with this. It's genius. It's genius. So the Flyers, obviously, will be playing the Anaheim Ducks. So what are we going to be doing? We're going to be grilling a lot of duck. I love duck. We're going to be grilling some this serious is, duck. I, like it's my, it's one of my like favorite things. I only get it at like a couple of different places. I freaking love duck, and I guarantee Dylan knocks this out of oh, the park. Oh, absolutely, he's the grill master. Like absolutely. it's not even. It's not a ridiculous thing to say. Listen, I have uh, participated in some barbecue competitions. I have won some awards. Dylan, really? Bomb Bomb has an outstanding recipe that cool. we have we've won a few things with a pretty good brisket. But like, did not know that Dylan <laughs> blows us away. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. And like, my buddy Frank, he's listening. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, Dylan kills us on the grill. Uh, it's it's 100 percent true. So show up for that. Now, I have for our first ticket giveaway. I came up with something. I don't even know if Charlie saw this. I, I did see it in the outline. I was a bit confused, <laughs> but well, actually, no. I I know where this comes from. So yes, Jack Eichel looks exactly like Alex Winter. Who is Alex Winter? He is the dude who played Bill S. Preston Esquire in the Bill and Ted franchise. In honor. Of Bill and Ted and Jack Eichel last night. I wanted to do this yesterday and didn't come up with it. Um, the first person to DM me, be excellent to each other. You get the first pair of tickets we're going to give away. That's right. The first pair, be the first one to DM me. Bill's famous line, be excellent to each other. Ted responds, party on dudes. Give me the be excellent to each other. First person to DM me. You get the first pair of tickets for... Uh, for Saturday at one, and we'll come up with other ways to to give away some tickets as the uh, as the week goes. But I kind of want to hold a bunch for people who actually show up to the tailgate, right. and I'll just like transfer them to them there. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I like that. Yeah. We, we can have some things going on. We'll figure out door, some during the tailgate code keep word or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like this. Do some do some brief trivia. But I just want to have. I just want to have like fewer tickets that I'm responsible for right now. <laughs> so I want to give a pair away uh, to, it'll probably be a live listener, but if it, it somehow isn't, you'll listen on the pod, DM me, you'll be the first one. Yep. Give it a go. All right. So the uh, flyers are coming back home. It's the first of four straight at the FARC. They're playing a ton of home games to start to, so they go on a little West coast or not even West coast. They go to Dallas and Vegas and they come right back home for, uh, for I think, Four straight and like five of the next six. Yeah, they, they go to Buffalo briefly, and then they come yeah, right it's, back. It's a home and home with Buffalo, and then they come right back. It's anyway. I want to look a little bit about. I want to look a little bit at the Minnesota Wild, and really the reason I want to do that is to talk about how much I hate the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> Even though I think they have great jerseys, I think Wild is an awesome name. Uh, I really dig it, but I just dislike their franchise. Fair. One, because they're just so damn boring. Like, yeah, they're been, just always, they're always, yeah, they're good. They never like, win anything. They never win. They're just like a second round exit. Like, 
I don't know this to be a fact, but I feel as if I went to HockeyReference.com and looked at Minnesota Wild history, it would say lost second round, lost second round, lost second round, lost second round for their entire existence. I mean, also a bunch of first round losses, too. Probably. I mean, it is <laughs> Chuck Fletcher. Uh, and that is one of the reasons. They're, my hatred for this team is very much GM-driven. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is it driven by Chuck? It, it really, it starts with Chuck. It starts with Chuck. And Chuck's a big part of it. But honestly, I got a real problem with Billy Garen. Uh, okay. Billy Garen was the uncle of someone I grew up playing hockey with. Really? Uh, my buddy Brian yeah. Farmer, his uncle growing up, like his aunt married Billy Garen when he was, I believe, still on the Devils. That okay. would make sense. We're from New Jersey. Fair. Um, he played street hockey with us once. And my friend Brian, he lived on like the other side of the neighborhood. So he was on the Devils team. Like we were broken up like this one strip. We were all Flyers fans. We played together. Then this other strip, they were all Devils fans. They played together. Uncle Billy shows up to play against us one day. Ooh. And this is, an, this is a dude who just won a Stanley Cup. Right, right. All right. He goes, before we start, he goes, all right, just let me uh, take one shot on the net. Just like tells the goalie to move. He's like, I just want to see something. Winds up, rips a slap shot, hits the net. Obviously. He goes, all right, well, nothing us. Billy wow. Garen is a fucking cheater. Wow. And I will never, ever get over it. That is what is. And we were like 10 at the time. Like, you, you're a Stanley Cup champion. We're in elementary school and you're <laughs> cheating at street hockey. What are we doing yeah, here? Like, he should have been giving the other team like a 10 nothing edge to like, start. It was absolutely goddamn ridiculous. So I will never get over it. It is much like the Fair. Ottawa Senators. I'll just. If Billy Garen's involved, I hate you. Okay. Like, Reasonable. So, so I wanted to just take a look at them. They have the same record uh, as the Flyers. They're at 3-2-1, and one, coming off a 7-4 win over the Edmonton Oilers. And this is something I, man, that's another, like, I miss Ryan Hartman. I just really thought he was going to be a part of this thing. Well, he ended up being a pretty good player for Minnesota. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. He had a, he's got four goals and seven points on the season. Had a hat trick five point night last night in their win over Edmonton. This team can score some goals. They were 22nd in goals last year. Something that surprised me. The previous two seasons, they were top 10. They're back in the top five now. They're fourth in goals per game, uh, 4.17 behind only Detroit, LA, and Colorado. Decent company to start the year for uh, the Wild. So I expect, obviously, a 3-1 Flyers win. Hell yeah. This is what they do. No, the, the Wild aren't a pushover. And it's actually wild that they're doing all this despite the fact they have so much dead cap space on their books from the, uh, the buyouts they, they of Parise and Suter. They out those Parise and Suter contracts and they're... Like 13, 14 mil in dead cap, it's I think. It's wild, yeah. It's, it's wild, yeah. It sure is. And somehow they've put together... it's. Shows you what happens when you have a guy like Kaprizov come over and you have a little bit of that extra flexibility. Yeah. But yeah, he, he is coming. Fun. I'm, I'm definitely, he's, he's awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to watching yeah. him in person on Thursday. That's going to be a blast. Love when, when true high-end players come to town. Hopefully, you know, in three, four years, it'll be other people like me covering other teams that are excited to see Mavet Mitchkov come to town. That will be really, really cool. Right now, the Flyers don't have one of those guys. They might have one in the pipeline. But Kaprizov is just, he's a blast to watch. He's so skilled. He's just a wizard with the puck. The Flyers are going to have their works cut out for them. But again, they're just going to need someone like Sean Couturier to do what he did against Connor McDavid to Kirill Kaprizov. I think the Flyers, you know, look, they're not, they're not the most talented team. We saw it in Dallas. We saw it in Vegas that... You know, they can hang with teams, but they have to work their asses off to do it. 
if they keep working their asses off, there's no one they can't play with. But also doesn't mean they're going to win, but if there's no one they can't play it with. It is also probably a very tiresome way to have yes. to play. Yes. And there will be lapses as they were against Ottawa. Yes. Like the, it just is going to happen because you don't have it 82 times. Nobody does. Yeah. When they don't have it, it's going to be ugly because they're not very good to begin with. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting, especially especially if they decide to keep Andre with the team, which at least to this point, that seems to be the plan. You know, this now is a really young decor. You know, yeah. you don't have Rissa, you don't have Stahl. So suddenly it's, you know, you have Travis Sanheim, who is trying to be a number one, which he's never been before in his career. You have Cam York, who's young. You have Igor Zamola, who's a rookie. You have Emil Andre, who's a rookie. Like, th- there's what? We got four guys right there that are that are kind of playing above where they should at this point. And maybe not above where they should is the right way to describe it for rookies. But, like, look, rookies have to learn. They're going to make mistakes. Cam York is in a first pair. He's going to make mistakes. Travis Anheim's the number one. He's going to probably mess up from time to time. So you're going to probably see more errors from the back end than you saw over the first, you know, week, week and a half of the season. And that's going to lead to more goals against, which might lead to more losses. But... At this point, the Flyers give me no reason to doubt their effort level. They're going to go out there and they're going to work their tails off and they're going to make it tough on other teams. Whether that means they're going to beat the other team, we'll see. But at the very least, they're not going to be they're not going to be an easy out, which is is good. And I think the fans are going to enjoy that if that keeps up over the course of the season. All right, uh, a couple minutes left here. I want to get to some of the mailbag questions we haven't got to at this point in the week. You know, mailbag Monday. It is now Wednesday, I believe. So let's get to some of these. That's how it goes. It's just the running bit. It's just the way it goes. Uh, let's get. Let's start out with uh, our old pal Jay. It's at Jay Hockey Fan. He has a few for us. Uh, first, which draft misses make you lose sleep at night? Ooh. I mean, I bet a lot of people retroactively say 2017, but like nobody knew. Yeah, there were. I will say. I said this earlier. There were some Pedersen people. But never once did I hear a, a McCarr or a Heiskin in person. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess to me, the one that really will always kill me is Jay O'Brien over Keandre Miller. Because that that's was a tough one. That was just like, and obviously Jay O'Brien, they never, they ultimately ended up not even signing. Whereas Keandre Miller is a core piece of a good playoff bound top four defense. And it just seemed like such the obvious pick. And instead, it turned into a Ron Hextall trying to show he was the smartest person in the room by reaching a bit on a high school, a high schooler. When like Miller just number one, I know there were people in that room that liked him. You know, people in the Flyers organization, scouts in the Flyers organization. Number two, he just fit their timeline so well because everybody knew he was a project, but they had this young up and coming decor. They didn't need to rush him the way other teams would have had to. They could have taken their time developing him into the kind of defensive that he is now in New York. And instead they took what I think they believed was a big swing on an upside play. When in reality, he's probably not even an NHL or that it one will always ap- kill me. doesn't appear to be an NHL player. Um, China. I get like I wanted Provorov at the time, so but like, man, Miko Rantanen, yeah, yeah, and like Zach Wierenski right behind him is damn good too. Well, to, to me, with that one, I was between, and I mean, I'll freely admit that Provorov was one of my top two picks. If you would put a gun to my head though, and it said like you need to pick one of these two guys, who will you pick? I would have picked Matt Barzell over Ivan Provorov. And in you were, you yeah, were a I, I was, Barzell I was a guy. Big I do Barzell remember. Guy. I do remember that. And now I definitely wish they would have taken Barzell over Provorov. <laughs> 
That's, yeah. Uh, this is still from Jay. Do people overrate what they see from teams during the regular season? Regular season hockey equals track meet, skill-based hockey with mad defense, playoff hockey. He equates it to Iowa football, grinded out, tighter defensive hockey with flashes of elite skill and closes it with Edmonton isn't built for the playoffs. And I would like to push back on that a bit. Um, yes, you do need to be physical. You do need to be tough to win in the playoffs. Absolutely. The teams that have won the last few cups are all-star teams. Yeah. Like Tampa Bay, who isn't going to the Hall of Fame? Yeah. <laughs> like Colorado? Yeah. Colorado can't have a Hart Trophy candidate because tell me who their best player is. There's like four guys in the running for it. You know? Like, yeah. it's, yes, there is an element of... It's, it's a different game. It's a different game. It is a different game. And it's called different. And as long as it's called different, you, you can't just be like... Oh yeah, it's Edmonton. You know, thirty over thirty percent on the power play, best power play we've ever seen. Yeah, if that's your whole offense, guess what? There ain't no rules in the playoffs. Good luck. <laughs> so you're not going to get power plays. But assembling elite talent is never a bad idea. Yeah, I, I think, and this actually goes back to a conversation I had with Keith Jones. I talked about it in our uh, our diehard story. Also goaltending. Also goaltending. Um, but uh, I, I talked about it in the diehard story I published, Become a Diehard Member. Um, basically about the idea of you get the skill first and then you supplement it by getting the toughness, which is basically what Tampa did. And Jonesy very much agreed. Jonesy was like, look, I agree that the Tampa way is the ideal. You can't neglect the, the toughness. You can't neglect the size, but you're not going to be able to get to the point where you can even take advantage of that. If you don't have the high end skill, like this is why we joke all the time about playoff Risto where it's like, man, you're going to need a guy like Risto in the playoffs. So let's trade a first round pick and give him a massive contract. And it's like, well, maybe he might be better in the playoffs. And maybe the last year version of Risto is the new Risto. If he ever plays for the Flyers again, which I certainly hope he does. But if you're making dumb moves to get guys like Risto, you're going to cut down on the chance that you have of getting the kind of high-end talent that allows him to even get to the playoffs to show that he's better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. So it's a balance. You need the skill. And I think that Edmonton over time, one of these years is going to find that balance. They're going to build the kind of team that can do both they're going to get the breaks in the playoffs that you need. They're going to come into the playoffs the, with that kind of health, and they're going to stay healthy enough to be able to take control. I just I, I find it hard to believe that a guy like Connor McDavid is never going to win a cup in his career. He would be he's, surprising. He's still young enough where you assume it's going to happen at some point. They just haven't found the right mix yet. Doesn't mean that that skill isn't extremely important in the playoffs. It still is. But you do need like elite defense. I think like you need the it high helps. end guys. Sure but helps. Like, Look at look at those blue lines in Tampa, in Colorado, in Vegas. You need the elite talent on the back end. Yeah. All right. Uh, we still have some more of these, but we started late today, and I don't want to keep this going forever. So we're going to wrap it up there. We're going to get to some more questions throughout the week on post games, whenever. I always need time to fill in post game. We got a we got a Foco ad read still to go. Oh damn it! Yes. Uh, listen, you gotta you gotta go as I try to. Unfortunately, find it again. the overalls probably aren't a selling point anymore. Yeah, but they no, still have gonna, a lot of I'm, other I'm really gonna, a lot of other really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, listen, Foco has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. It is no longer Red October. Uh, they got everything you need for a game: overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, and more than just team apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, and novelty items. 
FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show. For all non-presale items, use promo code PHLY. That's promo code PHLY for 10% off. FOCO, get the overalls for next year. <laughs> for next year. All right, that'll do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button, podcast, uh, allphly.com, become a diehard member, YouTube, all that good stuff. My name is Bill Matz for Charlie O'Connor. Have a great week, Philly. Come to the tailgate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, silly, like the man.